So we are back in the book of 2 Samuel today, and uh, if you're new to us, we, uh, as a church, we do something called expository preaching. We go through a book of the Bible, a, a verse at, at, at a time, and the good thing about it is, if you're new here today, you, you're not going to be behind. We'll make sure it gets covered. Thank you so much. It's stiff, huh? Yeah, it's stiff on me. Ah. There we go. All right. <laughs> All that gym time works out. Cool. Um, it's funny because the other day I was asked to open a jar and I couldn't. So I, I feel better about that. Thank you, Lord. Um, <laughs> uh, you're, 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 each message itself has its own message, but it also, uh, we get a, such a rich meaning going verse by verse through uh, the Bible. And um, I, I would just encourage you to... Um, Continue. In fact, if you're here every week, you can read ahead into the next chapter so that when we come back together next week, you're, you're like, okay, what are we going to learn with this? But um, last week we had a message on Pentecost Sunday, so we weren't in 2 Samuel. The week before we were in 2 Samuel, and this was the time when David, uh, in the Old Testament, was finally um, crowned king of all of Israel. And it was a long time coming, like a long time coming. He was supposed to be king for a long time. He was anointed king. And the current king, when that happened, Saul was going after him, trying to kill him. And David was in hiding. And uh, it was just, you're kind of left scratching your head, like, why is this going on? And, uh, and, and then when, finally, when Saul died, only the southern tribes uh, went with him. And there was still this civil war then. And you're just, this whole time, you're watching this go on for over a decade. And you're like, what in the world? He's supposed to be king. So the last time we were in this, we saw that finally happen. The northern tribes, who were the holdouts here, came to him and said, We're your bone and flesh. Uh, you're our leader, even when Saul was our leader. And the Lord promised you that you would be shepherd over us. And it was as if the Lord was saying in that moment, See, do you see how my promises to David finally come to pass? Do you see how my promises weathered the venom of Saul and the follies of David, the rebellion of the north, and David's self-seeking friends? See how God's promises withstand everything. And what was really great about that was what we see there about God is still true today. It's still true about our lives. God has promised us things. God has promised you things, and they may have not come to pass yet, but you can rest assured when you look at the life of David that they will. We have inherited a kingdom that cannot be shaken, not because we're unshakable, but because God's promises are so strong that time cannot dissolve them nor enemies sabotage them. God's promises may be old or opposed, but never false. And we see that culminating the last time we were in 2 Samuel with David. We're going to pick it up on verse 17 of chapter 5 today, 2 Samuel 5, 17, carrying on from that moment. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, they all went in search of David. But he heard about it and went down to the stronghold. So the Philistines came and spread out in the Rephaim Valley. Now, I want to talk about the Philistines for a minute because they just keep coming and they keep coming and they keep coming and they never go away. And the Philistines heard what happened, that David had been crowned king, and what they don't want to see happen is that Israel would unite. They know that's something they don't want to happen, and so this is why they're coming and, and, and marching on him, so to speak. 
Um, and even they're marching on him in Jerusalem, which we read last time we were in here, he had a great victory in Jerusalem over the Jebusites. And so even as that victory had happened, the Philistines still outnumber them, and, and, and so they are coming, and they are in the Rephaim Valley, which literally translated means land of the giants. Just, I think, southwest of Jerusalem. So when they heard about David, they went up towards Jerusalem. When David heard that they were coming, he went down to the stronghold, is what it says. And the stronghold is believed to be this, the cave of Adullam, or one of the caves that David used to hide in when he was hiding from Saul. And so you get the picture here. David finally becomes king. Philistines march on David. David runs to the stronghold. I don't know if this is really the reason he was doing this, but at least in some respect, or some question could be asked here, have you ever run from your problems? Have you ever wished you could just curl up in a corner? Uh, we were driving through a small town in Indiana years ago, and we passed a salon that had a clever and actually rather dark name, I thought. And uh, the name of the salon was Curl Up and Die. <laughs> but die was spelled like D-Y-E, like dye your hair. And we passed by, and it was Curl Up and Die. I'm like, Danya, that is clever and terrible at the same time. Like, does this person not have a friend to say, maybe you shouldn't name your salon that? If that's your friend, I'm sorry, I'm not making fun of them. I just, it, it caught my eye. But it just, the reason why it caught my eye is because sometimes people say that when they're going through life's troubles. And, and at least in some respect, him going back to a cave that he used to hide in from Saul, I think there's a little bit of that going on. But that's not all that's going on. Verse 19, it says, Then David inquired of the Lord, Should I attack the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? And th that one verse means everything. David could have presumed to attack because he was king and he was charged with the protection of his people, but that's what Saul did without praying. And we saw what happened to Saul. It wasn't good. Saul didn't seek God. Saul didn't want to do what God told him to do, and so he was cut off. So David's not being like that. David is going to the Lord, but he could have also assumed that the best thing would be is to withdraw or avoid battle because the Philistines outnumbered him. He's thinking, he could be thinking like a king, thinking, I got to protect my people. They're going to wipe us out. We got we to gotta go. But he doesn't assume any of that. He goes to the Lord and he says, should I attack? Do you want me to do something about this constant evil that's rising up? This is a good question for us to ask today. It's remarkable, really, that David would even consider fighting the Philistines after all they had been through. After all the times the Philistines kept coming, after all the times they wondered if Israel would ever be finally done with the Philistines, after all the times they had to deal with them, or all the times they wondered, when will this finally be done? After realizing they're outnumbered, it's remarkable that David still has the thought that it's possible that God would want him to do something about what's happening. It's true for us, too. A lot of times, I think we look at culture and society around us, and we think, there's nothing I could do. Or the opposite, I have to do something. 
And I'm not telling you one of those is right or wrong. What I'm telling you is we need to be like David and go to the Lord and ask him, God, would you have me do something about this? What would you have me do about this? And don't assume we know the answer to that, right? So the Lord replied to David, attack, for I will certainly hand the Philistines over to you. So David went to Baal Perazim, Perazim, and defeated them there and said, like a bursting flood, the Lord has burst out against my enemies before me. Therefore, he named that place, the Lord bursts out. The Philistines abandoned their idols there, that's huge, and David and his men carried them off. Literally translated, this um, place called Baal Perazim, literally translated, means the Lord of breakthrough. And he says, like a bursting flood, the Lord has burst out against my enemies. David gives all the glory to God for the victory because the victory did indeed belong to God, and David knew that. But he didn't just know that after the fact. David knew that if this was going to happen, it would have to be the Lord doing it. He knew that. What battles in your life will only be won if the Lord does it? Last year, we hosted a breakfast for uh, Not Today, and Not Today was, uh, at the time, uh, our Indianapolis Colts uh, coach, Frank Reich. It's his foundation um, that uh, raises awareness funds um, rescuing efforts and restoration efforts for children who are being trafficked. And we organize the event. We take most of the year planning it, and there's a lot of work that goes behind it, but we have one event leading into that for all the people who are helping. And he was speaking there. And he, he asked a question that has always stood with me since he did that. He said this. He said, what do you have going on in your life that will only work out if God makes it happen? And in this case, he was encouraging us to have great faith and take on great challenges that are beyond us. And that's a great question. And I would say this. I would go a, a step further and say this. If you're walking the life of faith with Jesus, you should have an answer for this. If you don't have an answer, if there's, if there's nothing in your life that it's, man, it's going to be God doing it or nothing. If everything is figured out and everything's set, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> all right? I, I mean that in all love. You're doing it wrong. Because God calls us to do things that are far beyond ourselves. It has to take faith, right? But can I ask you the same question but with two meanings? The way he meant it, are you taking on challenges? Or this, what circumstances of life are you dealing with of no fault of your own, or maybe ongoing from consequences, what circumstances of life are you dealing with that will only resolve if God helps you overcome them? And I want to note something, that God did not do all of it for David. David still had to step out into battle. And while David knew that God had to do it, he still had to have faith in the face of doubt because he's stepping into a battle where he's outnumbered. 
it's not as though David just had no doubt at all. I want, I want us to understand this. When we read scripture sometimes, we just assume people like David, they just have all faith in the world and I just don't have that. No, that's not true. He's a human being just like you and me. And he knew that God was gonna come through, but the, the reality on the ground was, there's no way we can win this. But he didn't do it for him. He said, go, fight the battle, and I'll hand them to you. And I'm asking the question, what is going on? What circumstances are you facing? Maybe you've been facing for the longest time. And you're saying, ah, I know, the only way this is gonna ever clear up is God's gotta do something. And I don't, you know, at this point, I don't know if that's gonna happen either because it's been so, so long. Well, we already talked about how long it took for David to finally become king and, and see that promise happen. But like David, we need to have faith. God's going to do it in the face of doubt. Because when that happens, here's what he says, like a bursting flood, the Lord has burst out against my enemies. It's almost like he's saying, and I'm paraphrasing now, it's almost like he's saying, I knew he would do it. I knew it. I just knew he was gonna do this, right? Have you ever had something like that happen? You're like, I just knew it. I just knew it. You and I both well know we don't say that that way because we actually knew it. We're saying that because we really wanted it, we believed it, but we weren't sure. <laughs> right? And when it happens, you're like, I knew it. No, you didn't, but I'm glad you, you're saying that because you only kind of knew it, right? And that's the expression that I, that's the impression I get from David is, he is the one who breaks through for me, and I knew he would do it. David knew that God, his God, was the God of breakthrough. Do you know this? That God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and if it's David's God of breakthrough, he is your God of breakthrough. Pastor, I've been dealing with this thing for so long. He is the God orchestrating your breakthrough. I've dealt with this addiction for so long. Go to him. Ask him for this help, his help. Act on what he tells you, and you will find out that he is the grand architect of your breakthrough. Pastor, I've prayed for this loved one for so long. Will he ever? God is the God of your breakthrough. I want to remind you, if it's been a long time, the last time we were in Samuel, two weeks ago, we said time will not dissolve God's promises. Pastor, I know I should take this step of faith, but it's scary. If you never do take that step of faith, you'll never see that he's the God of your breakthrough. Say, Pastor, I've never really seen breakthrough. Well, are you doing anything that requires it? I love this. This is something I pray for all the time. I pray, God, give us breakthrough. Because it just, it, it paints a picture that I, I feel like I, it resonates with me because there are so many issues of life where I just want to see God break through. When we pray for services every Sunday, I pray, Holy Spirit, break through. 
you and I both come in here with heavy hearts with what we carried through the week, and I know that you do that too, and it's hard just to cut through what's on our minds and, and all the things that we're carrying and, but, and, and to get a moment with God as we're worshiping. I get that. That's why I pray, God, break through. And I pray that every day for me, God, break through the fog of everything that I'm carrying in my life. And he will do that. And you will be like David. I knew it. You only kind of halfway knew it. But that's good. Verse 22. The Philistines came up again and spread out in the Rephaim Valley. So David inquired of the Lord, and he answered, Do not attack directly, but circle around behind them and come at them opposite the balsam trees. When you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, act decisively, for the Lord will have gone out ahead of you to strike down the army of the Philistines. God never does the same things the same way twice. What if David, let's just say, what if David assumed that because he won one victory, he could just go ahead and do the same thing? Right? Again, that's something Saul would have done. But not only... Is this situation different? But God did things differently this time. There's a reason for that. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if God became super predictable, we wouldn't need faith. And what's awesome about that, I know that's a challenge, but what's awesome, it means he's also making all things new all the time. He's making all things new all the time. And so he's not predictable. We shouldn't assume things. And David's learning that here. If David would have gone out the same way as he did last time, he would not have won. He wouldn't. And God, God knew. He knew the Philistines were using a different strategy even. So God was kind of like his intelligence, right? His reconnaissance. God is our intelligence. He is. He knows things we don't know. I don't know if you knew that or not. Right? Did you know God knows more than you do? <laughs> God knows what's going on in your life. He knows what's going on in the lives of those around you. And he knows how you should deal with those things. And David has learned that he needs to go to God for wisdom. And God doesn't do the same thing twice. And he gives him some interesting instructions. Don't attack directly, he says. He says, listen for the trees. Listen for the trees. The nerd in me thought about Lord of the Rings. Some of you will understand that. Some of you won't. He said, listen for the trees. Not just the wind in the trees. He says, listen for marching on the treetops. <laughs> I just think, I would have loved to have been here for this. What, what, I mean, what was that sound actually like? Right? Listen for marching on the top of the treetops. For then the Lord will have gone out ahead of you. God is the God of your breakthroughs, and he's the one who goes out ahead of you. And when you act on what the Lord tells you to do, then you can be assured he goes before you and works out victories ahead of time. Verse 25, so David did exactly as the Lord commanded him, and he struck down the Philistines all the way from Geba to Gezer. 
I'm not sure if that's the right pronunciation, but I like saying geezer. I think it's funny. It says, the Lord will go before you. I want you to imagine the problems you have this week. Pastor, you're always telling me to focus more on God. Just wait a minute, just whatever, what you got on the docket this week. You ask for God's help, he's gonna go to those things before you. He is. That's what this means. You got a big exam coming up, school's out, so maybe not. You got a big conversation that needs to happen. You got some, something crazy at work going on. You got some friends harping on you on social media that you want to make things right with. You pray about it, and God goes before you and arranges your breakthrough. I love this passage. <laughs> When I found out last night that Pastor Nate, you know, it, it, it was just last night that I, he was supposed to be preaching this, and um, I thought, this passage preaches itself. Do you see what we're seeing here? What's so astounding to me and what's so amazing to me is everything God does for David, and this is what your takeaway is, everything God does for David, he can and will do for you. His promises and he'll do them for his ends, right? Not, not just for ours. But he can and will do those things for you. And the key here is, is really David going to God. That's, that's what I said. That one verse is everything. The key here is that David goes to God over and over again. And so you say, Pastor Mike, how do I get this to heaven? It's easy. You go to God. And why it's easy, you know, there, there's another time in Scripture, you know, God said, look to the trees, right? There's another time in Scripture we're looking at trees. Do you know where I'm going with that? When we look on the cross, we see Jesus hanging and dying for our sin. When we look on the cross, we see God's forgiveness and his making a way to open his power to our lives like I'm talking about today. When we look on the cross, we see Jesus, who is the God of our breakthroughs. The God who goes before us. The God who already broke through our sin and our shame. You say, I can't go to God. I've got too much that I've done. No, he already broke through that at the cross. You need to go to God. He's the God who brings breakthrough to our challenges. And because he died on the cross and rose again, he opened all of that power we just read about to our lives. Are you, are you taking advantage of that? Are you, are you walking in that power? Do you need breakthrough? Do you need him to go before you? All you gotta do is ask. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us, share with a friend, and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. Our mission is simple. Come to life, connect to grow, find your purpose, make a difference. Thanks for listening to the Life Church Podcast.